Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast, What is Culture? My name is Rocco Longarello, and this is episode number nine of season four. So today, you'll hear my conversation with Tom Nevins, the director of Solutions Architecture and a tenured Tangaroo who has been with the organization for more than 15 years. Tom and I recorded way back on March 10th with the intention to release this episode the following Monday, but almost immediately after Tom and I had our conversation, the coronavirus pandemic took over much of our lives. And in fact, it was just two days later that Tango's executive team decided that all of our employees who can fulfill their duties remotely work from home for the remainder of the month. And of course, excluding our China office, we have all been working from home ever since. And although season four of this podcast has been utilized to discuss the impact and the effect that the global pandemic has had on Tango's people, this episode featuring Tom Nevins is kind of a nice break from all that coronavirus talk. It offers our listeners a change of pace and returns to the original intention of this podcast to hear from our people, to learn about their contributions to our organization, and to discuss their perceptions of our culture. Tom and I connected pretty shortly after we met about a year ago, and I think our friendship was hardened at Tango Live 2019, when he and I were pool sharks for a night at the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville, and we cover that in this episode. Okay, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with the very wise and reassuring Tom Nevins. Let's all learn from him. One of the main reasons why I brought you on the show, uh, I don't know if I even told you this, but it was it was last month. You sent me an email at the beginning of February, and it was after you had listened to the Keep Ad Remove episode that featured um, eight members of Tango's leadership team. And that's when I interviewed them and I asked them basically, what's one word to describe an element of our culture that you would keep, add, or remove? And right. so... Yeah. So Mark Desitel, our friend, I, he's the best. So Mark Desitel okay. gave uh, gave an answer to the last question, you know, essentially what's a word to describe an element that maybe we can do without. And it, it, it kind of struck a chord with you. And essentially he said, you know, I'm, kinda, I'm paraphrasing here, you know, the past is the past. And maybe our culture could benefit if we spent less time looking in their, our rear view mirror. So I'm yes. wondering, yeah. So I'm wondering, Tom, why can you talk about why that, why Mark's response to that kind of resonated with you? Well, I think it's because I'm in in the unique, you know, position of having a lot of history with the company. I've been through just about all the different phases of the company and um, the different leadership that we've had as a company. Um, We've, you know, we, we need to focus on the now and the future, right? Um, I never would look back at the past um, and say that it was uh, a, a negative for me because, you know, it made me who I am and the, the skills and the subject matter expertise that I have is because of what I went through. So I learned a lot. I learned a tremendous amount over the past several years um, working for Tango. Um, Sometimes you fail, sometimes you do well, uh, but you learn through all that up, up and down of the, of the business itself and getting through adversity. So while there might have been faults in the past um, as, a, as a business, as it would, would, uh, would play out, mm-hmm. um, I would never 
swap that out for something different because it made me who I am today. And I think I have a, a lot of knowledge, a lot of expertise. Um, uh, we've ad we've adopted a great, great culture now in the in the here and now and present. So let's just you know look at the the now and the future and move on. And uh, you know let's not look back. Yeah, and it's funny, and I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to be one of those people who like quotes philosophers. But I was I was talking about this with my wife last night. So there's this Danish philosopher, and I'm totally going to butcher his last name, but it's, it's Soren Kierkegaard, I believe. <laughs> and it's a quote you probably heard, and I didn't know the name of the guy who had said it, but life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. So that's, that's interesting. A, that's a great. That's a great saying. Yeah, it's great. great. Have you have you heard that before? I've, I've I, never heard that before. Really? Because no. it's kind of it's kind of applicable to the conversation that I had with Mark Zesatel, I think, and maybe a little bit contradictory to this whole conversation where you can't or you shouldn't look in the past. But I think with tango, you always hear this phrase, the old tango, you know, <laughs> the tango of the past, right? People always talk about that. And I think, and from my perspective, understanding when you know for, look at taking stealing that quote life can only be understood backwards you know tango's culture can only be understood backwards but you have to live forward so it's this interesting like um dichotomy here this like uh, juxtaposition or whatever using a bunch of smart words to so I <laughs> sound smart today but do you know what i'm saying i just think it's funny how that one interesting quote just made me kind of think about you know, this it's like this weird thing between the tango of the past and mm -hmm. the tango of the now. Because I, you, I, yeah, I, I think I think Bob says it best. I mean, we've transformed the business. We're in you know we're in total execution mode at this point. So the I think the the hard work of transformation is done. I, I truly believe that. I mean. We're delivering value to our customers. Um, we're providing a better user experience for our customers. Uh, as as we say, we've earned the right right to ask them for us to be able to do more for them. Right. So all that stuff it, it holds true. Um, the the hard work's done. Uh, but let's 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 get on with it. Let's uh yeah let's execute and let's be the best because I think that's that's what we are today and going forward. We just want to look into the now and in the future. Um, yeah. I think folks who have been through the transformation, I think we learned a lot. Um, we've embraced the transformation. And uh, I, I mean, I couldn't be happier where we are as a business right now. So we just need to execute and keep growing. Great. So I'm going to break the rules a little bit, almost like <laughs> saying <laughs> screw it. Yeah. So I know I shouldn't be looking in the rearview mirror, right? But I wanted to set the stage a little bit because you've mm -hmm. been with the company since 20, 2004, I believe. And, you know, we're, Bob loves to call you guys the tenured Tangaroos, right? So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So you've been here more than 15 years. And so you're, I'm talking to you, you're in, in the Shelton office and the mm -hmm. original Tango began in New Haven, Connecticut. So can you share, can you kind of take us back, share one of your oldest memories that you have of Tango to give us a sense 
of what the culture was like back then. And I know it was kind of a startup back then when you were it, working there. It was very, very much a startup. Yes, it was very much a startup, which which wasn't wasn't that um, unusual for me. I mean, I I have a, a background of working for larger enterprises. However, one of those enterprise companies was a a large IT IT outsourcing company. And uh, one of my engagements was to manage the actual uh, process of starting up a, a new technology startup company. So I actually managed a, a small group of, of IT professionals, helped build a, a product, uh, bring it to market, uh, grew an IT staff of over 100 people as part of this startup activity, um, you know, went through different rounds of funding. So that wasn't really unknown to me. I uh, Going into the the, uh, the Tango world back in the early 2000s, um, it was a small group and we were in uh, New Haven, Connecticut at the time. I think there might have been an office prior to that even, um, but it was a um, historic building, a few different stories. We were in the top um, top story of that, uh, of, that, uh, of that building and it was old. It was one of these old buildings, Rocco, where, um, you know, you, you have the the plaque on the outside that tells you when it was uh yeah like circa 1812 yeah, circa 1700 something right yeah really <laughs> old building yeah. um, and one day and that this is this goes back to like 2004 2000 the winter of 2004 2005 we walked into the office after it had been snowing all night and there was snow on all, all our desks <laughs> so we had to spend the next uh few minutes or hour or so just you know turning up the heat getting the snow off the desks and, uh, and, and taking on our day. So I, you know, that's so funny. You, you, <laughs> you share that story with me before. And I always, <laughs> I always think of a, like a Martin Scorsese opening to a movie. I, I don't know why I just, I could see yeah. that. I picture like a black and white scene with just snow on people's keyboards and death, you know, those giant monitors from 2000. Five yeah. or two thousand four, yeah. and, and working with your coat on during the day, right, to stay warm. <laughs> but so, I mean, to to be to work in that environment and kind of laugh it off and be like whatever and just keep working. That what does that say about your culture? Like, what kind? What was the team like? Like, what? How would you describe the culture back then? It was it was very collaborative. Um, it was very focused on uh, on sales. Um, it was focused on building out the technology at the time. This is when we were initially building our flagship product, the uh, communications management platform or CMP. And so certain things were, were built in that product. Certain things were not built in that product yet. So um, it was very much an entrepreneurial you know, spirit and culture of um, building something new that uh, was you know, being tested out in the market. We had a, a few larger enterprise customers that were working with us to help build it out, um, and they gave us, you know, specific requirements to help build that information or that technology out. Um, so it was a lot of hard, hard work. I have to say. I mean, we were working hours and hours and hours, six, seven days a week, trying to make the product work the best that it could, trying to um, engage our customers. Uh, you know, traveling on the road, um, doing uh, demonstrations of the technology, but also in my role, I actually was um, the manager of the client services area where uh, the deployment team really, we went out in the field and we actually helped, um, in, you know, deploy the product, implement the product, train customers on the use of the product. So, um, but it was very, very collaborative, collaborative and we were, you know, engaged with uh, the different, uh, you know, product aspects 
as well as the uh, sales aspect back then. Um, and you certainly wore more than one hat, right? So you had to um, uh, have your sales hat on, have your product hat on. Um, a lot of the a lot of the uh, administration functions of the business were not not even present. So um, you know our our CFO at the time was also our HR our HR um, director as well. So um, a lot of you know it's a it's a small company environment back then, and uh, it was uh, a lot of work. Wow. So I, I guess there's a good time now, you know, maybe tell us more about your current position at Tango, which is the Director of Solutions Architecture. Yes. So, yeah, I imagine you work with many departments across the business, but can can you kind of break it down for us a bit so anyone listening could kind of get an understanding of what, what it is you do day to day? Sure, sure. It's, um, I mean, it's fairly straightforward, but and it's, I, I think it's like one of the funnest jobs of the, of the business. Uh, that's my own personal opinion, but um, our job, our job is really to to promote the value of our solution, right, um, across the board. Our you know fixed mobile cloud, um, our specialty services, um, UEM, Tango Pay, uh, you know mobile logistics, all the different services that we have as a business. Um, our job as uh, the solutions architect team is to promote the actual technology, the the people behind it, how we operate, and promote the value of the services we provide to the customer. I um, mean, we, we as part of that process, we are visiting with customers. Uh, we're um, uh, glued at the hip with account executives and making sure that we're putting our best foot forward when we're presenting Tango as a business and the solutions that we provide um, to our customers. Now, um, our the different structure of the business is such that we have um, sales team dedicated to finding new opportunities with new customers and a sales team that's dedicated to uh, servicing the needs of existing customers, but from a solutions architect perspective, uh, we don't care. Uh, we we want to make sure that all the account executives across the entire company get the support they need, and we put our best and brightest on every opportunity to to um, to prove our value and showcase the services to the to the customers, and then uh, hopefully win them over and um, uh, have them be part of the Tango family. So that's kind of how we uh, we look at things. I've got a great team. I've got. Uh, uh, several different people here in the in North America, one over in, in Europe, and uh, they're tremendous. They're 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 like the the A team, right? They're the, mm-hmm. the the team that makes it easy for me to do my job, and hopefully makes it uh, a little bit easier for all our account executives to do their job, uh, because we can you know really drive home the value of the, the services that we provide, and uh, and uh, really uh, help the customer you know get to the out the, their their outcome, which is typically either you know finding efficiencies in the, the processes that they have, um, finding savings, which is great, is a big thing in what we do. Um, and then just having their, their, you know, the confidence that they have uh, visibility and control over their entire estate, whether it be mobile or fixed or cloud. Mm-hmm. So how many people did you say roughly are on your team? Uh, there's nine of us in total. Nine. And yeah. you, yeah. And so you mentioned how great of a team that they are. I'm wondering What's a common characteristic that they all possess that make them successful? Uh, it's super easy. It's a, uh, as a team, we're pretty selfless, right? So we support each other um, uh, as as new opportunities surface and we need to jump to the the next uh, opportunity. We we definitely um, support each other in every single opportunity that we uh, that we undertake. Um, and then courage, right? We we have the courage to basically do what's right, um, making sure that uh, um, we, we uh, explain to the customer what's what's the actual solution, what it's all about, um, 
have the courage to say how things work best, um, provide the best practices that we uh, we deliver as a business. So I think those are the main traits of, of my team. They're, they'll go right into into the mix with the customer, and some some customers are quite demanding. Um, so you have to have the courage to be able to um, explain things to them and and be confident in the actual experience that we have um, as a group. Um, so that that comes through in our in our day to day. Got it. So it sounds, and you could t- correct me if I'm wrong, but it it sounds like a lot of what your team does is support kind of the pre-sales process. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So the solutions architect team is a pre-sales um, uh, role. Um, we, uh, I mean, I can tell you right 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 off the bat, we have, have primarily three things that we're trying to do in 2021 is develop the best uh, solutions architect team that we possibly can. Right. So. Uh, making sure that we have the right knowledge transfer happening within the group, um, keeping abreast of, uh, of the latest and greatest in terms of what's happening in our industry, uh, being good at um, connecting the dots with customers' requirements and our capabilities, making our, us the best group that we can possibly be. The, ne- the next thing that we focus on is uh, helping the account executives um, uh, make their numbers, make their um their goals for the year as well, uh, uh, company-wide. Uh, we want to make sure that the company makes their uh, makes their numbers and, and hits their financial goals and, and targets. Um, and then the third thing is we want to help our uh, our implementations group um, just basically make it as seamless as seamless as possible to get customers onboarded. Um, so we make sure that our team is taken care of, our uh, salespeople, our, our customers, if you would, the account executives are taken care of. And we also want to um, help the implementation group um, do so much better and make it a streamlined process. That group alone, our implementation team, um, compared to let's say our competition, is absolutely tremendous. And I, I, I give a lot of credit to um, all the folks in that in that area that they're able to have advanced that the actual methodology and process for deploying our solution and getting it done in record time. Um, deployment times are coming down on a on a day to day, week to week basis. And we're trying to support that. The solutions architecture uh, team is trying to support that process, and eventually, and this is the ultimate goal, right, is to get to that, uh, you know, basically a one-day implementation, which is uh, something mm. to shoot for, which is, uh, which would be ideal. So love it. Yeah, I love those goals. Thanks for laying those out for us. That's that's interesting. I I think that people enjoy hearing them. That you know exactly what the goals are for you and your team. So mm-hmm. I'm curious. If you could talk a little bit about what are like what are some of the biggest challenges that you have or your team has like what when you go home at the end of the day and you're and you just like throw your briefcase on the ground ah <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know one of those kind of days like what, what kind of makes your day challenging sometimes yeah I mean I, to be honest with you I mean we don't, I don't have a lot of days like that but I, I guess you know when you talk when you talk about interfacing with with customers or potential customers. Um, you know, it's 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 definitely an art to take them down a path and to see a vision or to see how things could be uh, with the Tango solution. So uh, when we talk about our best practices and things we've seen in the past and what works and what doesn't, um, I think maybe one of the most frustrating things that I see um, as a solutions architect is having gone through um, exercises with customers and some customers right away pick up on it and can see and can learn and absorb um, what we're saying and in terms of the solutions and the capabilities that we have and being able to apply our best practices to solve their issues and to 
um, achieve their their desired outcomes. Um, some, you know, it's very rare, but sometimes a customer um, would would totally miss the mark and not really pay attention too much to how we are promoting the actual offering and how we promote our best practices and how those best practices can help accelerate their desired outcomes. And so that becomes a frustration sometimes where you come back from a, a uh, presentation and you just throw everything, like you just said, like to throw the briefcase on the ground <laughs> and say, you know, I just, we just can't seem to, to break through with a customer who we, we obviously can solve their, their, uh, their problems. We can actually add a lot of value um, if they would just allow us to apply some of our best practices to the environment. Um, and uh, that would would uh, make it a lot easier for everybody all around and get them uh, basically would be their time to value would be greatly reduced if they just would uh, adopt some of our best practices because we have a lot of them as a business. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I feel like and I know I ha- kind of have a quick story about when I in the, in the past when I've worked with software companies and they were trying to get us on board and we were working between a couple options. And the salespeople would send over content and we would share it. We would discuss it. We would take a look at their demo on, on a call with the salesperson. And then when we got later down into the, you know, into the sales cycle with them, they would bring on someone like yourself who kind of would help us visualize the solution and kind of, you know, make us see like this actually is something that they could solve. They're not feeding us bullshit like this is actually a (laughs) they can actually figure out the solution and then i remember there's a moment when like the salesperson on the other end i could tell was like just so happy with what the solutions architect said because it's like Mm -hmm. they now the client on the other end is like yeah i'm with you i think you you know the the value that you're providing not only our clients but our sales team is huge because they rely on you guys to kind of help them tell the story in a way that makes the client feel secure, feel like we trust you. This is yes. it. Like we and trust you. Like you did it, you know? Yeah. And that, and that's, you know, we call that the, the aha moment, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes yeah. Yeah. Call it like that. Well, um, that, that happens um, a lot with, with um, the activities that we are involved with as a solutions architect team. Uh, but it's because we have so much experience with, um, the solution and so uh, we've seen what works what doesn't um, we can uh, you know mm. let let the customer visualize you know how the end state could look um, and when we do that we're adding a lot of credibility and you know they can ask customers can ask just about any question they want and we'll, we'll generally have an answer for them um, you know that's that's another trait um, from a solutions architect perspective um, we always want to be able to answer questions that the customer has, um, you know, create confidence in our our service delivery. So the way we can do that is is uh, being confident in our answers and our responses, and and you know, talk from a position of experience and and strength as we solution the uh, the actual solution itself for the customer. Yeah, and yeah, right, Tom. And it doesn't hurt to, when when they find out that you've been with Tango for more than fifteen years. And I think it, it, that it's something you said kind of stood out to me that that you just help create confidence and you yes. add yeah and you add a lot of credibility to the rest of the team that the client had initially spoke with so yeah it's a big deal so it's great I'm glad I'm glad to talk a little bit about this with you and I do want to change the direction a little bit and go back to culture 
Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. So I know that you have children or maybe not children, like young adults, right, at this at this point. So That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you have because we talked in the past, so you have um, you have a, a younger son in, in high school, freshman, a yes. daughter, a daughter who's a senior in high school and yes. then a son who's a sophomore in college. Yes, right. And I have a, a beautiful wife too. Don't leave her out. And a beautiful <laughs> wife, exactly. And none of it would be possible without a beautiful wife. So, but anyway, I'm, I mentioned your kids because they're at the age where, what, five, ten years at the most, they're going to be in the working world, right? Yes, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, it's scary. But so thinking of, again, thinking about culture, what do you hope the culture is like at the organizations where your children end up working? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So, um, well, just like here, I mean, it. I, I would hope that they would work in a culture where they're allowed to um, work outside the box, so to speak, you know, think outside the box and collaborate outside the box like we are at Tango. So um, being able to, to uh, interact with different cross-functional teams and get involved with different aspects of the business like we do at Tango, I think that lets you grow professionally if you um hmm. uh, if, if you if you're not if you're not interacting with different groups within the business um uh, you want to be able to have outlets for that and allow that to happen to a certain degree i mean you have to get your job done right you have to do your your the role that you've been tasked with doing um, but collaboration with other parts of the business um, it could even be just um something as simple as you know coordinating um, office functions or uh, just collaborating internally on some internal activities within the, with the company. But I would hope that that you, my kids would be able to get in an environment where they can um, exercise um, not just a specific level of activities, but broaden exactly what they're doing and be able to um, interact the way we do. I mean, I, I've, I haven't worked at a company yet where our executive team, for instance, right now is so engaged. So um, I, I love that about our current culture where, and I, I said this before to you, Rocco, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I go on, I, I have meetings, you know, every day I have meetings with, with um, members of the executive staff. So whether it be Mark D or whether it be Jill or Sandy or Mark T or Ivan or Yakov, um, even Bob. I mean, we're we're collaborating. Um, we're working on different aspects, different uh, uh, customer um, situations, um, making sure that we're trying to drive as much value as possible. So, I would love that for my kids to be able to, you know, get in a collaborative environment where they can actually, um, you know, learn all aspects of the business, not just one, and grow professionally and career-wise um, to try different things. So that's what I would hope they would be able to do. Mm. Well, and I appreciate the element of uh, positivity that you have, and that's always good. And I and and it's genuine because I know you. We've worked together over a year. I know that's not a ton of time, but that that's just kind of your personality. Is you're just a positive person, and so not not that I want to kind of force you to answer this question, but and it's not really a negative. I'm not necessarily looking for a negative response, but you know. Nobody's perfect. No company's perfect. So if you could change one thing about the culture at, at Tango, maybe not one thing, but if you could change something about the change. culture at Tango. You, 
you're you're nailing me with this change thing with this uh, negative. Thing. <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I guess yeah. you know. You want, I, you want me to you want me to say something negative or something? I want yeah. Insightful <laughs> about. You know. No, I don't want you to say anything negative, but I mean, it, I I don't know. I'm not trying to force it out of you, but I I would think. I, I mean, there's there's got to be something that you think we could change about the culture at Tango. It's a tough one, yeah. Marco. It really is. It's a tough one. Um, we've changed so much. So as I look back, I mean, I mean, our, our HR processes have, have changed, right, for the better. Um, so I, I can't point to that because if we are changing them. We're making them better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, admin functions, all the support systems that we have in this business now are much better than they were. Those are those seen as change also and are getting better um as simple as you know submitting travel travel expense reports right i mean uh, that that's that's uh, that's 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 simple um uh, different i guess if, if you wanted to uh pinpoint one thing maybe maybe um well i don't even think that i was going to say like you know organizational changes um changes within within teams um uh, if we can do a better job of, of communicating that, we don't always know um, uh, the changes to positions um, across different groups. We generally know, but um, you know, I, I think we could probably do a better job of that. That's probably something very minor compared to um, other other things that uh, might come up in other organizations. But um, I feel like we're doing all the right things, even even um, uh, employee development especially on on my team I mean, my team is um probably not the norm uh we're we're so engaged with the the different solutions that we have that uh you know we're constantly learning and constantly practicing and constantly learning uh um, the the new capabilities of our our technology and our processes so um you know I, I we're already doing things that you know to keep keep sharp in that regard um uh, executive engagement is 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 super high, uh, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't really participate a whole lot in Shelton the Shelton office activities. I'm I'm classified really as kind of a remote employee, only because I'm on the road most of the time. But um, uh, I know that there's events uh, in the Shelton office and other offices. I mean, the offices have changed and have gotten better as well, right, Rocco? I mean, yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm like, just say, not, some, just say something okay. negative. Yep, yep. The, the, the most negative <laughs> part about it is there's no there's no pool table in the Shelton office, Rocco, and we have to do something about that. That is right. Okay. And I totally you – know, You know where I'm going with that. Right? Oh, I do. I'm glad you mentioned that. So <laughs> I don't know. We're going to – it's hard to paint this picture for people without sounding like get you know with these really two conceited guys. But I, I'll try to remember. You could correct me on the, the way the story goes. So sure. it was ta- it was Tango Live last yeah. year. We're mm-hmm. at the it was the second night, I think. I think we're about three beers in, if I don't. If <laughs> and we were at the uh, Wild Horse Saloon in downtown Nashville. And I remember I didn't we didn't really know each other that well. Like, I mean, kind of. And right. you came, and you came up to me and you're like, "Hey, Rocco, do you play pool?" And I was like, "Yeah." I mean, that's kind of what I did in high school. I played a lot. I'm not great, but I, I played a lot. So we go play pool, you and I, against uh, – who? there were two guys, and I, I'm, I can't think off the top of my head who they were, but they were running the table all night. 
right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little for short term. Anyway, <laughs> until, until you and I took the. the so we the go. Place. Yeah. We go and play. And these, I think the guys were at the table because it was like the winner stays, the loser goes. So these guys were at the table. And you and I just went there and it was like out of a movie. Like we were just sinking everything. I don't That's even right. know. <laughs> I just don't. It was unreal. Like it was one of those moments. And anybody who plays sports or anything, you ever get into that mode where you just can't mess up, you know? Yeah, the zone. It it happens like once every you know three years or something, but it was amazing. I was like, holy shit, we couldn't have planned that. Like it was like we dropped the the pool stick on the table afterwards, and like, see you later, buddy. That was a lot of fun. I mean, we could have kept going, but we said, no, nah, that's good. We're done. We yeah, we, we quit while we were ahead. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fun night. That was fun, man. That was a lot of fun. That's that's getting into the zone. I I you know I, I'm a golfer, right? So. Um, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but once in a while you do get in the zone and all of a sudden now you're hitting shots that uh, you just you just go real low. And it's the most uh, funnest thing in the world when you can be out and, um, you know, basically totally command uh, uh, any any given hole and 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 shoot a low score. So that's fun. Yeah, I would love to go play with you. Seriously, I would love it. I'm not very good. I'm like average because and I don't even, you know how it is with golf. Average, some people say they're average, but they're actually good. I'm I'm not going to embarrass myself out there, kind of a player. I've, I've yeah, that's, and that's that's kind of how I am, you too. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I'm, I'm not great, but I do have my days. And there's just something about being out there with a friend and being outside. And it's like a mental game. And you're kind of competing against your own brain to shut down for a minute and just feel the ball or hit the ball right and i don't know there's just a very i love the game for that reason because you're just battling your own mental like, yeah and you and and you're you're out in the open and and it's a good place to clear your head too i mean it's just um it's a uh, it's peace of mind for me i mean i i if when i'm on the golf course i mean it's just nice to be out there just focusing on that that, that one moment of you know playing golf and you don't have to worry about much much else and it's it's just a great, a great time to just be out in fresh air, get some exercise. Are, do you ever have any meetings on the golf course? Like they always, that's like this thing, like this corporate cliche thing that you're, you know, closing deals on the golf course. Is that, have you had that it, experience? It, it doesn't happen too often really, because um, like you said, I mean, not everybody can play golf and, and I think more often than not, people just uh, aren't, aren't comfortable, you know, in that type of, you know, uh, type of situation. Um, but we do, I mean, once in a while we'll, we'll get an opportunity to play, um, golf with, with customers and it can't, it can't be a better experience. I mean, it just, it's just tremendous. Um, uh, cause it really gets to, you get to know the people really well. Um, you get, you do you get a chance to talk shop a bit, um, not too mm -hmm. much because you're, you know, you're trying to, um, enjoy the, the moment, but, um, uh, we do, we do, um, enjoy playing golf, you know, on occasion in the right, in the right situations. Um, but I, I wish we could play more. Maybe that's another thing I could say that's bad about the company is, uh, yeah. hey, uh, why don't we have more more golf outings, right? Seriously, that's yeah. That's my gripe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Another seriously. minor. Another minor. Yeah, it's, I love it. Great. Hey, can I do one quick shout out to my kids? Yeah, totally. Wife. Just let them know that I love them. And uh, keep, you know, keep working hard and uh, you'll make things happen. That's awesome. Seriously, thank you again. I'm, I know your day is just constantly on phone calls. Um, I appreciate you taking an hour today, Tom, and I'll see you soon. And before we know it, baseball season is here and golf season is here. Just the best time right. of the year. So 
Love that. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thank you Thanks, again. Thanks, Rocco. Thank you very much. All you do. You're Thank, you. Thank same, you. Same to you, Tom. Thank you. Bye. So that's the show. You know, while I was editing this episode, I kept thinking about how much has changed since March 10th. But it was nice just to be reminded of a time when we weren't consumed by the coronavirus. It was refreshing to hear Tom talk about his love for the job. It was refreshing to hear about the collaboration that is involved in order to instill trust and confidence within a potential client. Refreshing to hear that not that long ago, Tango was right on track, doing well both from a business and from a cultural point of view. I guess it was just reassuring to be reminded about the collectivity of Tango, about the many people that make this business successful. With all the uncertainty and the anxiety surrounding the world right now, it's easy to become self-consumed, easy to forget just how far Tango has come, easy to forget that this company is made up of the most resilient people out there. And I caught up with Tom about a week ago, and he says he and his family are doing well considering the circumstances. His children, as to be expected, are getting a bit antsy, but he and his daughter, who is fast approaching high school graduation, built a wooden hammock together from scratch. He actually sent me a photo of it, and it's pretty impressive. Tom is also playing golf when he can and says even with the social distancing restrictions in place, it hasn't posed a problem for him since he prefers to walk the course with his super fancy push cart. And I hope to get out there with him real soon. So thanks again, Tom, for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun talking to you and it was just really great to hear your perspective. Oh, and last thing before we go, I wanted to mention next week's episode, which features Paul Mastrangelo, who is the principal strategist at Culture IQ, and they're a global culture management company headquartered in New York City, and they help businesses drive competitive advantage by aligning culture with their business goals. We cover many areas, including what recent data reveals about the effect that the coronavirus has had on workplace culture. It was a super interesting and informative conversation that I'm very anxious to share with you all, so please stay tuned for that one. That is all. Thank you all for listening. Until next time.